Thursday night association, my affiliation with, with Ross County. Hopefully, what, what people will see, what I've put in there, you know, I've sacrificed a heck of a lot. I've put absolutely every ounce of energy and effort into trying to be a success there in, in, uh, in several different roles. Welcome to another episode of Highland Football Weekly with me, Ian Auld. On this week's podcast, we chat to Stuart Kettlewell. As a player, he won the First Division title and the Challenge Cup for the Staggies, an achievement he managed to mirror as a manager. He won the First Division Championship and Challenge Cup as co-boss alongside Stevie Ferguson in his spell as manager of the Staggies. A spell which came to an end a few weeks ago and I want to start by saying a massive thank you to Stuart for coming on the podcast and speaking to me so soon after his departure. I always reach out to guests to come on to the podcast and there has been a few players, managers that have kind of responded by saying, you know, thanks but no thanks. And, you know, listen, I totally respect uh, the reasons for not coming on or not wanting to speak about their career. I, I totally get that and I respect that. I'd imagine, you know, as a, as a manager, you know, having been relieved of your duties, you might want to just, you know, take stock and just, you know, get away from it all. But but not Stuart Kettlewell, and I, I respect, you know, his decision for for um, deciding to come on to the podcast. I reached out to him a few weeks ago and asked him if he'd be up for coming on as a guest, and he was, you know, keen to come on. And I hope that uh, over the next hour and a half, you really enjoy his chat and, and what what I think comes across is his, his genuine love for Ross County Football Club, a club that means a heck of a lot to him. One thing I want to also point out as well is the, the audio quality. It's something which has really irked me over the last week or so. Now, it's not massive, but it's there. There's a there's a little bit of an interference to, to give you, well, to paint the picture. I record this podcast in my house, uh, in a room which is well, whatever room in the house is basically the furthest away from the kids. I did have an instance a couple of uh, months ago where I was interviewing a player and uh, my, my three-year-old toddler had great delight in telling me uh, that it was time for me to go and wipe her bum. So that was obviously quite awkward and there's a lot going on during lockdown which is uh, which which makes it difficult to, to, to interview and, and speak to people and, and basically produce a podcast. Uh, now, I do over internet chat or sometimes over the telephone as well so there could always be a little bit of interference with those types of interviews but uh, in this one there is a few bits that, that, that kind of hiss and crackle but they are few and far between and on the whole the audio is there and uh, and, and you can obviously hear Stuart but there are a few moments that, that kind of go I'm blaming it on the snow on the line we recorded it last Monday and the snow was falling in Inverness and I'm blaming the uh, the kind of interference on on the line uh, due to the the snow in Inverness. But I basically over the last week have put every ounce of my editing skills that I obtained at MFR all those years ago to few use. I'm not too sure my old boss at uh, MFR, Danny Gallagher, would would necessarily be okay with the audio. But listen, I've worked really hard to get the the the, the editing right. And I hope that it comes across in the interview as well, because it is a really, really good uh, chat with Stuart. Uh, a real open and honest interview. I'm, I'm sure you're going to like it. If you're a Ross County fan or you're not, you'll really enjoy what Stuart has to say. So sit back and enjoy Stuart Kettlewell. 
Well, delighted to welcome onto the podcast now a man who's been associated with Ross County for over 10 years. Uh, first of all, he started out as a midfielder patrolling the midfield engine room for the Staggies. Then he moved into the coaching setup at the club, helping to produce promising young talent for the first team. And then he moved into the dugout himself as co-manager and then manager of the actual football club as well. Delighted to welcome Stuart Kettlewell. Stuart, how are you? Yeah, good to, uh, good to talk to you. Obviously, in the midst of this, uh, this lockdown, just trying to keep myself busy, trying to, trying to stay as active as, as possible, same as everybody else. Well, I don't know about you, Stuart, but I warmed up for this podcast with a, a snowball fight outside with some of the neighbours. It's snowing in Inverness. It's a bit of a first for me, uh, warming up for a podcast with a, with a snowball fight, but there you go. <laughs> Well, a snowball fight's up there with you know an old school warm up. Uh, I'm sure that you you know had some fun in the in the snow and had snowball fights as a as a player uh, and, and on training grounds and at games etc. I think, uh, I think uh, a lot of, well, certainly my sort of generation and that will have some fond memories, to be honest with you. With some of the snow and uh, some crazy, <laughs> some crazy uh, situations I played football in the snow, so it was often some of the most enjoyable ones, actually. Um, and even a couple of, couple of the bad winters uh, up, at, up in the uh, Dingo in, in the first couple of years. I was up here spring mm-hmm. and a couple of funny stories, actually, uh, but probably for another time, I have to Yeah, you can't beat a winter game with the yellow or orange ball, whatever it is nowadays, getting uh, rolled out, a good old-fashioned game in the, in the snow. Uh, Stuart, we're going to talk Ross County. You've been associated with the club since 2009 and you've had some incredible moments as player and manager. However, you started out at Queen's Park, though. The Spiders, over the last number of years, have had you know a lot of publicity, high-profile publicity as well. They were the club that produced uh, Andy Robertson, but they always gave young players a, a a chance, if you like. They always, you know, relied uh, on youth coming through. How do you look back on your, your early days at, at Queen's Park? Uh, it's, it's a really yeah, fun time in my, uh, in my career. I'm not trying to start, uh, but, you know, I started off at the boys' club with uh, Wednesday Youth Club. It was uh, a real, uh, real good reputation for... Because in simple terms, I was given an opportunity, um, and I very quickly made a, 
class there from Billy Stark it sounds like Stuart you know you mentioned early on there uh, Tommy Burns and you hear a lot uh, of players that have played under under Tommy Burns and you know the, the, a bit of a class act himself um, Billy Stark of course played and and coached with uh, Billy and, and from what you described they're very similar to Tommy Burns Queen's Park and 
Uh, and that's a bit, again, that's always really stuck with me, you know, mm-hmm. uh, whether you're playing young players or trying to promote young players or um, wherever you want to go, it can't just be next week. It's probably always trying to look at six months down the line, a year down the line, maybe even a couple of years down the line, having a plan um, and, and, and not just having that. You used to always speak about knee-jerk reactions, not just have a knee-jerk reaction to start ripping it up and start again because you lost a game of football or you've had a, a spell in football. Um, believe in your principles, work hard at it, um, and your goals will, will, will all start to present themselves if you, if you go about it in the right fashion, you have the right people with you um, that are prepared to buy in your methods. And as I say, it's, it's something that was ingrained in me as a young kid, um, and, and it's something that's really stuck with me ever, ever since that. And, um, and to be fair to Billy, it's always been good with the, with the group of guys that that he worked with that ended up uh, resulting in him getting Scotland under 21's job because Mm -hmm. uh, these guys were behind at 100% but I think he also realises that um, that was a spell in his career that really catapulted him forward and and people again were able to see how good he was and and appreciate his talents as a a coach and a manager You've mentioned some characters already and that's just the, the years at Queen's Park you joined Clyde in 2008 and you link up with another big character in the wider world of Scottish football, John Brown. What was it like working alongside a Rangers legend and John Brown? Again, I only, you only ever take people the way uh, that you find them, completely different character uh, from like Billy Stark. You know, John Brown was, was probably more in the Jackie Brownie than John McCormack. Well, suppose you, you, you term it as that sort of man's man was how I was brought up and, 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 and kind of talking about it so again probably my upbringing with my father and stuff like that then I, 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 I kind of grew up to appreciate people like that as well you know people that would tell you straight people that people that sort of ruled with an iron fist you know I, I did appreciate that as well I never really I was never too concerned about somebody patting me in the back and telling me that I was great all the time sometimes uh, sometimes you had to have that that firm side and, and John certainly had that um, I had a brilliant relationship with him uh, and truth he brought me in from, from Queen's Park uh, the, the, the Queen's Park team at that time was pretty much disbanded Billy had left to go to Scotland under 21s and a lot of guys took up opportunities elsewhere um, which was kind of part of the course uh, at Queen's Park and straight off the bat he made the club captain and, uh, and, and played me in his team and, and, and I had a good relationship with him I did I really had a good relationship with him and he was he was assisted by uh, Dougie Bell at the time obviously ex-Rangers Gary Bowen was uh, part of the coaching staff at that time and it was it was three massive characters it was three guys that pretty much the, the entire group knew not to cross uh, they, they, they were good guys they wanted the best for you um, they were they were always a hundred percent behind you. Um, as I say, still still to this day, we speak to speak to Gary Bowen. I've also spoke to Dougie and, and John for a long time, and, and it never quite it never quite worked out in truth because there was a lot of guys that come from part time football. One of those boys that come from junior and amateur football, and um, we probably had in, 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 in the, the, the old first division at the time the lowest budget. So. Um, it, it wasn't a it wasn't a great time on the pitch. Um, ended up resulting in us being relegated, and like I say, I was captain at the time, so it was a sore one for me to take. Um, and in truth, on the pitch, um, it was probably my least enjoyable season that I'd, that I'd ever had in my playing career. Mm-hmm. Uh, for obvious reasons, you, you know, I, I was relegated for the one and only time as a as a player, so I took it to heart. But it's again 
won that straight to a lot of young players when I was coaching say that that's, that's the time I learned most from not the promotions and all the success I achieved that as being the captain at Queen's Park because that was great times and I did learn a lot from it but more so I learned uh, a, a, a lot from three, four, five years down the line that you start to see elements of what happened and that, that season at Clyde and, and you've seen it before and you know how to try and rectify certain situations how you manage not just yourself but others around about you and I don't know what it was three four weeks ago I lost the, the, my, my job as manager at Ross County and I still drew out some of the experiences for Clyde and, 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 and try to have a, a positive mindset and amongst what's a, obviously quite a dark time and quite a, uh, quite a sore moment to, uh, to comprehend yeah, you mentioned there Clyde get relegated in 2009. Ironically, one of the, the clubs battling uh, relegation that season were Derek Adams, Ross County. Financial complications behind the scenes as well uh, at Clyde. And then Ross County come calling in that summer of 2009. Any hesitations about moving that far north? It's a funny one because uh, I think Probably the two seasons previous, Ross County tried to sign me as well. So okay. I think one year when I was when I was at uh, Queens Park and Billy Stark used to have this on Carrie Nacker bringing me into his office. And I remember going in a couple of times and having offers elsewhere. And all I wanted to do was be a full time professional. And it, it was incredible. And you know, we, we just gained promotion. Ross County had shown an interest in me, and he managed to talk me out of it. I went in fully intent on going to Ross County probably that summer. Uh, and going to speak to Ross County that summer um, but he managed to convince me that another year in the old second division with the, with the group of guys I'd come through with was, was, was going to catapult me forward and give me a, a, a greater opportunity to sustain an a, a chance to play full-time football so I did it you know I went in thinking I was going to leave I didn't just purely because I always felt that he gave me the right advice and, I, and he probably did and maybe I wasn't ready for it at that time the next thing in years I had offers from a couple of different championship clubs I'd spoken to like say Morton I think it'd be done fairly Clyde and Ross County were interested as well which I was I was forced to for and I opted for Clyde simply because it was my local team I felt it would give me a good opportunity to get in and be captain and stuff like um, and, it, and it didn't materialise it was probably the wrong choice at the time um, but fortunately enough that, that, that third that third time of calling out off the back of relegation I know a lot of boys struggled to get clubs leaving Clyde and I was I was fortunate enough to get an opportunity to, to come north and, and to answer your question there was there was no hesitation mm-hmm. at that point um, we used to holiday actually up in Dornoch when we were uh, the, when I was younger when my family man had a caravan up in Dornoch and okay. uh, actually used the area really really well so I'd been coming up since I was a young 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 kid and coming up member of the golf course member of Royal Dornock and stuff like that for many years so and, and we actually used to go and watch a lot of games whenever we were up at the caravan if there was games on and then we would my dad would take us to watch Ross County and, and on the odd occasion you'd go and watch Cali just depends who was home at, at, at home at the time but it would generally be that we we, we feared towards the, the, the games um, so again I had a, a fair idea about the area and, a decent knowledge of the football club and, and at the time I knew I knew of a lot of players that were playing at Ross County and had played against them in that season in the championship etc so um, like I say the opportunity come and I, and I jumped in it with, uh, and I well, took the opportunity with both hands and, and, and decided to go all in here as well which I thought was important at the time rather than maybe just basing myself up here and trying to commute during the weekend and stuff like that like a lot of players have done and just felt that the, the right thing to do was come up and just immerse myself in football and 
undoubtedly that's the best decision that I ever made in football. I, I genuinely believe I'd never get a chance to play games in the Premier League and win the silver. But I did, had not had not went all in with that with that decision. Yeah, it's a very interesting decision, isn't it? And I suppose it comes down to personal circumstances. I spoke to Darren Dodds a few weeks ago on the, on the podcast, and during his three years at Cali Thistle, he used to commute twice a week up the E9. And, and judging from what you know, you're saying there, you you kind of immersed yourself, if you like, in the Highlands. Yeah, I think um, I, I think probably the genius. I actually remember. Signing my kind of termination agreement with uh, Clyde at the time, uh, we weren't, you know, we were, we were basically told that uh, we either accept this or the chances were that the club were going to go into uh, administration. Um, and we all know that that can then start to lead to a really drawn out process that can get a bit messy. So for myself, I just wanted to try and make that kind of clean break. And I remember it was a summer day, uh, myself and my partner at the time. Uh, Katie drove up north and it was well, wasn't a cloud in the sky, sun split the sky, driving over the Kessler Bridge, looking at the the scenery, getting to see, getting to demo and, and seeing the facilities and everything like that and, and, it, and it was actually her. Um, we had a we had a daughter at the time, uh, Olivia. Uh, so we only had one kid with the kid four, but um, it was it was literally a case of she she'd said, no, I went left go for it but she she was able to get a transfer through her work at the time and uh, and, and probably made my life easier because if, if your your wife, your partner, or whatever isn't fully committed to it, then it becomes quite a difficult decision. But no, fortunately enough, she was she was really keen to, to experience living somewhere different and, and, and embracing a new challenge uh, as much as I was wanting to do it. Uh, that really made things easy for me. And like I say, that, that probably for, for for my nature and my makeup, that idea of coming home from training every day, coming home to your family. Um, I felt get got you ready for the next again day and, and, and really kind of spruced you up and, and it was nice to come home and have dinner with your family and, and not necessarily sit in a flat or a house yourself and sort of ponder life and if it's been a bad day in training you, you start to play out every scenario in your mind so for me it was really really easy um, and as I say it probably gave me the best opportunity to try and hit the ground running and it, and it more came from that family background as opposed to just making a, a decision individually. So you signed in 2009, Stuart, for the Staggies. Fair to say that that season is probably a season where Ross County established themselves in the you know, the kind of wider football circles. And I mean that with no disrespect. They've done very well to get to the, you know, the first division since being introduced in 1994. But that season is the season where you know, Ross County make a, a real name for themselves. They pushed Cali Thistle and Dundee all the way in the league that season and of course we all know it ends in the Scottish Cup final at beating Celtic en route uh, for yourself being involved that season what's your overriding highlight of the campaign I, don't, I think that, that one's that, that one's maybe a, a, a little bit better sweet for me from a, from a personal point of view uh, I I played quite a lot of football in the league campaign that season. Um, if memory serves me right, I think I, I, I played uh, the majority of the games uh, in, in the league. It's another brilliant dressing room, another really, really good group of guys. And obviously, things really took off the football club. Now, I think about uh, that I've always been one of the big advocates of celebrating the, the history of football club. It's not just 
you know, you don't have that one event and you, you win one trophy. Obviously, there was one in the third, making a way into the third division, one in the third division, one in the second division. Um, all, all that type of thing was, was, was a massive success, but probably from that time, 2009, 2010, as you say, um, really felt as if the club just went on to a different level, and I think that, that probably that season was the was the catalyst as a as a football club on the map. Um, and I think that obviously the, the cup run, the, the semi final victory against Celtic was was ultimately the and, and why I say it was bittersweet was unfortunately um, I played the early round in the in the Scottish Cup, so for me personally, um, I missed out the opportunity. I think I came on against Hibs in the seconds. Mm-hmm. Game, the, the replay, um, but I, I, I think Derek had sort of found his, his formula in his team that he wanted to play in the cup run. And, uh, as I say, unfortunately for me, I wasn't uh, I wasn't in the that start lineup. And, and I've always been big. You know, I hate I hate times when you win a league trophy or you get to a cup final. Or you, you, you know, you win a, a cup final and you see guys that haven't really played jumping about the front as if they've been a, a major figure in it. So. Again, I, I probably felt as if I took a wee bit of a seat not having played. You know, there was a lot of guys that had performed really, really well. And I, and I totally understand keeping that sort of same team going, you know, from the, the quarter-final. I thought we were excellent in spells. Easter Road obviously went to a, to a replay and it was a, it was a magical night, to be honest, under the floodlights. And, 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 and just seeing the buzz about the town, I think myself and a couple of the boys actually went out for a few beers and dangle after it and to mm-hmm. see the town like that was just was just remarkable. It was just amazing. You know, people were I think spending the rest of the night out, missing their work the next day. Their, their club had got to a, a national sem- semi final which was completely unheard of for, for Ross County at the time. The day it, uh, the day I handed against Celtic was, was amazing. Again I had a lot of I was a I was a sub, an unused sub. The bad disappointment, and again, the disappointment from, from my side of things come from I didn't think they'd done ourselves any justice in the, in the, in the final against it. It was a very good Dundee United side, but I didn't feel as if the, the, the we'd had the heights that we had done against Hibson that we had done against Celtic, if I'm being brutally honest. And again, that, that's, that's not been better from me to the guys that played. It was just more so that I think several guys that really, really performed well over three games. Um, and, and, and a funny story event again, um, that cup run probably deviates away from a real title push. You know, we did we did push the Dundee and Cali pretty hard um, and amongst the cup run, but you, you probably look back at it now and say, if we didn't have the cup run, might that have been a year that we would have been promoted? I think we've had a real good chance. You know, I think in the derby games against Inverness that season, we were, mm-hmm. we were coming out and top generally. You know, I felt we were... Um, we were the prepare team and, and, and a couple of them I certainly remember the first few that season and I was performing really well um, but listen again from, from my point of view having played lower league football to get a wee take of success at that level was, was a brilliant feeling um, and it also led us on to a, a pretty bizarre season the, the next year Yeah that one was a, a bizarre season I remember covering the club that campaign one which ended in silverware uh, three managers in one season. Um, we'll, we'll touch on that in a, a few moments' time. But I want to speak to you about your teammates because I've spoken to uh, a lot of the team from that 0-9-10 season and what strikes me is the spirit you guys had behind the scenes. You, you worked really hard as a team and you could tell there there was a real spirit and a real togetherness. And I suppose when you break down every successful team, you know there's always a, a real good spirit 
uh, between the players at the heart of it. Let's speak about your your teammates because you know Derek put together a a good group of guys that probably fair to say enjoyed each other's company on and off the pitch. In Scottish football, with the group of guys, my mates basically that I played with at, at Queen's Park, but I still speak to a lot of the guys, and actually, I think a lot of them see a little bit probably let down to a degree that I was actually able to say that I, I reckon I was involved in an even better dressing room at Ross County, mm-hmm. with the nucleus of guys in Ross County. And I think that um, it was a special, special place to be. Um, I always describe it, and again, this is my old school mentality, and probably takes into my background, but. I always describe it as I could have probably went for a pint with any one of these guys. Um, I could have picked up the phone and said to him, you know, you fancy going for a couple of pints? And, and I don't think there's many dressing rooms. I think football's changed probably now, even in this period of time. But I don't think there's been many dressing rooms where guys could say that generally you could have went yourself and one of the other, any one of the other guys, you could have went out for a couple of pints and enjoyed each other's company, enjoyed the chat, enjoyed the banner. There was a fight pretty much every day in training, um, which again, people will probably see in this day and age a bit dropped at that, but uh, the competitive nature of the, the, the training sessions, um, what we'll do from afterwards, it, it was incredible every day. No matter what the team was, what the teams were, you, you had the two lots of guys trying to outdo their own teammates in order to try and get picked for a Saturday, but also to push each other on if anybody dropped the standards, then generally that would result in a fight in any way, shape, or form. And it, it, it was just, it was incredible, but, but that all culminated in its success on its come a Saturday. We all fought for each other on a Saturday. We were, we were well organised. We had a, a real togetherness and, and, and just an unbelievable winning mentality. I mean, some of the guys I used to spend time with after training, you'd go for a game of pool or a game of darts or whatever, you know, just daft things like that to, to keep yourselves occupied. And, and sometimes that would result in an argument or a bit of a fight as well, just because you, you just, it's a, it's an uncanny knacky, a, a group of guys that just had a kind of never see die attitude and, and, and just pride themselves and try to be the best that they could possibly be. And, and as I say, it's such a, such a fond memory for, for myself. Uh, the best way I can describe Ian is that I, I genuinely got up every morning with a spring in my step. I couldn't wait to get into the dressing room. I couldn't wait to go and spend time with the, the rest of the lads. I couldn't wait to go on the training. I have to go and try and test myself against some really good players. There would be days where I wouldn't speak to my missies if I'd come away from training and when my team had lost the training. Sometimes people don't get on with these other bars that are in the winning team or the losing team. It's just... that on 
the nationality be able to contain it so that they don't present here, they don't hate you to a point where they don't want to play for you anymore. I think it's safe to say that we all did want to play for, for Derek and I think it's, it was an incredibly successful period. You know, you can look to the extent of what guys earned and, and all of that sort of stuff. I think we pretty much earned about the, to the same penny. And again, that, that ties in very much with that the United team that we spoke about. They, they all knew that they, they were all earning roughly the same amount of money, give or take a few quid. Um, and therefore, there's no there's no egos, there's no bitterness in the dressing room thinking that somebody else was earning a, a, a lot more money. So, um, as I say, it's probably more so that I've appreciated Derek's style of management and what he'd done now that I'd become a coach and become a manager and you've seen it from the other side and you could actually really see what he was what he was trying to achieve and what he was trying to do and as I say incredibly successful doing so and I think you've seen him going on and to places like Plymouth and even now Morecambe and, 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 and doing a very very good job of in a similar sense as well where probably won't be sitting with the biggest budget in any of the leagues uh, he's been involved in but, but doing a very good job in it and, and as I say I think it's an art to be able to do that You touched on it earlier Stuart three managers uh, in one season, Derek Adams leaves the, the following season, 2010-11. Uh, Willie McStay comes in to take over from Derek and then uh, a couple of months later, Jimmy Calderwood replaces Willie McStay. What were your experiences working alongside, first of all, Willie McStay and then Jimmy Calderwood? Again, you know, I've, got, I've got nothing but good things to say about the two guys. Um, I think uh, I think Willie. It was a really unfortunate time. I think nine games he had, and we never won. We never won one of the games. Willie was a brilliant coach. He was an absolutely brilliant coach. I remember, we'd still be standing on the pitch before the back of four in the afternoon. Well, he went through every single detail and a game plan and how he wanted us to play. And in actual fact, uh, I think it was his first game. I think Willie totally bought me from from the squad. First time in my career, I'd never even been in the the, the, the squad. You know, I was left in the stand. I think it was his first game. I'm sure he knew a lot of boys from Celtic mm-hmm. and some of the other lads had been involved at various levels. He kind of knew a lot of the players that were there. Uh, he called me in his office. First game, I was in the stand. And to be honest, I get my age. I Jimmy used to call me Kessie, son. 
was was Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Jimmy Calderwood, I always uh, admired Jimmy Calderwood's work, done very good work at Dunfermline and Aberdeen, and indeed did what was asked of him that season at Ross County, kept him up, and also won a trophy into the bargain as well. At the following season, Derek Adams returns, and well, quite simply a tremendous season for the football club um, in 2011-12. Started a bit slowly, um, one game in particular, losing 5-1, I think it was the second game of the season, to Hamilton, away to Hamilton, and then fast forward on, I love the kind of symmetry, the trophy day if you like in Dingwall, and you beat Hamilton at 5-1. What are your, your highlights from that season? Uh, and also as well, some good additions added to the team that season, which complemented the, the kind of spirit we talked about in the the 9 10 season. Big Northern Irishman, 
but there was there was some real good additions as I say, not just not just on the pitch, but just guys that totally fitted in the what we already had in the dressing room. Um, and it was kind of a fairy tale season, Ian, to be honest with you. Um, I'm just kind of sitting here thinking just now. Um, I, I have to say it probably has to be the best season I had as a, as, as a player. Could mm-hmm. make up what, what transpired. And again, I'll give you a little story about the, the lost five with the Hamilton. Uh, it, was, it was maybe the second game of the season or something like that. Yep. I mean, actually played quite well. We out of 10 men, like Johnny Flint uh, had been sent off, I'm sure, if maybe still the right. And that's the crazy thing, all the chances. The game was crazy, but also it's like one big game with 10 men. We played really, really well. We were, we were in the game. Um, I think Pal pretty much had five chances to score with them. We took a medicine, uh, and, and again, one of the things that Derek would sometimes do, probably just to try and shock us into our reaction, was a lot of boys that started to be down the road, spend time with our family, myself included. He uh, told us we were in first time this Sunday morning, so. Basically, I remember from my own point of view, we had to go back to my parents' house, gather the family together, take it back up the road because we were in on the Sunday. Mm-hmm. Uh, but again, I see people's noses out of my joint. And I always remember, when we come in for a showdown, and on the training pass, I always remember Big Stuart Palmer, who was, uh, was Eric's assistant at the time. Stuart was left over from Jimmy Calder was mm-hmm. driving. And he was great. He was a brilliant link to the dressing room. He was, he was good in terms of he had a brilliant rapport with the boys. He was a good coach. He was just a, he, he was a top guy, Big uh, Stewart. And I remember him gathering this together. And again, it's one of the moments you probably think, like, well, anybody could say that, but he, he, he got us all together and says, guys, I'm telling you, no, you're so disappointed to be at the day. I know you're disappointed to be losing five witnesses, but stick together. Look what he's a frog. Look at colleagues. Of course, he just could go. But from now to the end of the season, and always again, I think all we want is having that stress. And he says, so just get yourselves together, pick yourselves up, and go again. And I know it's very easy to tell these stories like that after the cherry event, but it's, it's so true. We went from that, from that day and never lost the game to well in the Premier League season, the next season, the next season. And to be able to do that as Ross County and the, the, the Championships, just as my goal, and it was a good decision at the time. It was a lot of good teams, a lot of good players, good managers, uh, and to be able to achieve that after that point on. Uh, and culminating in us winning five one as you rightly say, in the last game. Uh, and again, not a lot of people will believe it, but we had such confidence at that point going into that last game. We actually spoke about being held 5 1 DRH. We never spoke about 6 0, 6 1, 4 0. We spoke about beating them 5 1 uh, because we'd lost that one and only game in the season 5 1. And that's what we actually had conversations about a laugh about the dressing before the game. Uh, and such was the confidence of the players at that point. We didn't believe them they could beat us. Uh, we just, at times it wasn't pride, at times we had to grind them way out, uh, getting results and scoring late goals or not being our best, not playing particularly well, but knowing how to win. But we just had a spirit and a, and a belief about us that we didn't think anybody could beat us. And everybody will tell you winning's a habit, losing's a habit. If you get into that, that way of thinking, then it can be an incredibly hard thing to, to stop. And, and that's exactly what it proved to be. Jogs Talking Balls is the new podcast where four football fans debate the biggest talking points in football history with some hilarious results. Diana Ross scores that penalty. There's an argument for the greatest goal of all time because she breaks the goal. She literally breaks the goal. Each week there's a different topic where the four of us have to come to a complete agreement on a final top five. Okay, let's buckle up. It's going to be a long night. Tipso's nodding, Aldi's nodding. I'd put a cross through them yet. Oh, Ross isn't happy. He's not happy. And that's where our real opinions come to the fore. They're just a, a skid mark on, on Highland football. 
people. I just hate them. They're just a shambles of a club. And when comparing the two, I just find Dundee mm-hmm. deeply unpleasant. Sit back and reminisce as the debate takes all sorts of turns. It's the craziest, the most amazing goal celebration that we'll never see. If it makes these two boys wet their knickers the way it is now, then it has to be good. The back of that stand like has an asbestos warning. I mean, come on, jeez. The Jocks Talking Balls podcast, a must-listen for all football fans. Find us on Spotify and other podcast platforms now. Yeah, that would be worth listening to. I would love to hear that. Yeah, you're right. An unbeaten run continues into the next season in the Scottish Premiership. Transformation behind the scenes with the stadium, you know, with the the, the addition of the new stands. Uh, From your own point of view as well, 2003, you make your debut for Queen's Park, less than 10 years on, and you're in the Premiership. That must have been a bit of a a dream come true for you, reaching that that peak, if you like, in the professional game. Absolutely, absolutely. And I think uh, I'm I'm one of the guys who probably had to do it the the difficult way. Uh, I remember going through the divisions and saying that I was always rather a went from the bottom to the top than the top to the bottom. I managed to play in every division, I managed to score in every division. I think there's very few players that have, that have maybe done that. Um, and, and my ultimate goal, and I remember me, I played at Queen's Park, and my ultimate goal was that I always wanted to play in the Premier League. I don't know how long I was going to play there, I don't know how many games I was going to play there, but all I wanted to do, and two, two ambitions to go back. One was to go back to Hamden and play in a, in a cup final or a cup semi final. Never quite achieved that. I was on the bench uh, for, for that, unfortunately. Um, but the other one was to go and play in the, in the Premier League. So, um, so, my own point of view, hopefully not that I can pat myself in the back, but I'm, 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 I'm proud of the achievement. I'm, I'm delighted to have, to have been able to do it that way because there was probably several moments, maybe like the, the relegation with Clyde or whatever, several moments not getting an opportunity to play as a full time player until I was about 22, 23. There was a lot of times where you could have probably just jacked in and probably just kind of frittered your way through it, probably played at that level. But um, as I say, I always had that burning ambition to go and try and achieve those two things. Fortunately, I managed to nail one of them on. Uh, I suppose I maybe kind of half thought to the other one, but uh, that was that was generally what I wanted to do and uh, to, to be able to achieve it and achieve it in the manner in which we did with a group of people that we that we achieved it with um, was, a, was a special feeling. And, I'm not too sure if it says more about me, um, but I I must admit I love a good old fashioned midfield battle. You know, a couple of midfielders in there really getting stuck in about each other. Um, you've played across all of the the can you senior divisions. You've come up against you know some some good operators as well in the midfield. But who's been your fiercest opponent over the years on the pitch? Thank you. Not necessarily the best, the best player. Um, 
but in terms of having a, I suppose having a battle, having a fight, having a scrap like you like you speak about, uh, I, I think one that I would always say was the was constant was was the Jim Goodwin one myself and Jim would always say uh, it was pretty much a ten v ten. We would just go and fight each other for ninety <laughs> minutes and there would be kicks, there would be punches thrown, I dare say, there'd be elbows thrown and strong challenge as well, you know, the bits we eat each other face on and all the rest of it. So uh, I would say that that was one every time I would go and play uh, against St Mirren. Uh, you knew that it was just for 90 minutes, the two years were just going to be at it hammer tongue, neither would give a yard. Um, as I say, no disrespect to Jim, but I think that that was just, that was two guys that had a similar job and a team and one they for budging from it. And, and I think that that's generally what we, we can have done. So, uh, but I mean, I've played against a lot, a lot of top top players. You know, guys that uh, that, that, that you know, I'm watching the boy play just now. That uh, at least one that probably flies under the radar. The, the lad Clutch, Matthias Clutch, that plays in the midfield for Leeds at the minute, played against him in a pre-season friendly. Okay. What a brilliant player he was. That wasn't a battle. That was that was an education. <laughs> uh, Playing out Holland in that pre-season game. A lot of the guys that played bit time, you know, Richie Brandon, Rocco Quinn, and all these guys still talk about him as a player. Uh, but no, as, as I say, there's, there's been many, there's been many battles. I've, I've probably made a lot of enemies along the way, as in on the pitch. But I think the ones that I've always appreciated you know, the guys that I could generally shake hands with at the end of the game. You know, right. guys like Andy Millen. I remember being a young kid playing against Andy Millen in and, and a reserve game and, and literally kicking, kicking 10 shades out of each other for 90 minutes. But being a young guy doing it, and even now, I still speak to Andy. And, but I remember after that one particular reserve game, it was just the biggest war you've ever seen in your life. <laughs> and then he came up and put my hand at the end and said, fair play, you son, well done. You know, because you stood your ground and you, you went toe to toe with a guy that was probably seen as uh, Andy was Andy was. I'm trying to put this uh, the most uh, PC way I can. Andy was robust to say the least. You know, but uh, I had I had some brilliant educations. I spoke earlier about that myself. I played against some some hardy guys at that level. Some good players, you know, guys like Jack Charlie. I also remember playing against the likes of Jack Charlie at that level and stuff like that as well. But that was, that, that was an education in how you played, but it's also in terms of what you were doing with the ball and how to play. I think you were wound up something through, through those games as well, but you, you learn a whole lot from it. And as I say, there's been some brilliant experiences along the way. Jim Goodwin and Andy Milne are two guys that you will have come up against in the dugout at least this season. I take it that um, the battles that you had on the pitch. Haven't uh, transferred across to the, the dugout? Over the years, I, I, would have, I would have fought with my shadow, Ian. That, that was just an unusual. All the guys that would have played with me would, would tell you the same thing. It was just how I believed it was right for me to play with the game. Uh, I, I don't know how much you get away with it now. Like, not, not that I'm sitting here as a, wearing like a badge, but I think I probably got... I don't know, I think it was something like 12 or 13 red cards in my career, which is probably quite excessive. Um, and, and, and I don't think, I don't think too many of them were for talking back to, to officials. It was, it was for challenges, it was for finding your corner. I think if you translate that into the modern game, now, that, that, you could probably double that number for what you see people being sent off for now. Mm-hmm. Uh, but no, just sorry to answer your question, I like to do I was uh, Coma Hitler of Ross County again 
Absolutely. Once you cross the the white line, then you know really all uh, should be forgotten about. Stuart, you leave Ross County in two thousand and fourteen. We'll we'll talk about your coaching career in a few moments' time. But you you have a spell with Broda Rangers and the Highland League at a time where there was a lot of Ross County players becoming involved with the club as well. I know Ross Tokley and Grant Monroe left to join uh, Broda and got involved there. Uh, Richie Hart was 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 playing for the the team for a spell as well. Richard Britton went on to have uh, have a, a spell there as well too. What's your memories of of playing for for Broda? Your first season, you you win the title as well. Again, probably just in, in my age, I played eighteen months, very nearly close to two years. The more I think about it, knowing that I had sort of was growing, what I thought was my growing for all that time. Uh, but he keep training, he keep playing, play. uh, and as I say, that went that went further than the line to the point where I was almost. Uh, 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 again, I tell the story. Struggling to carry my kids upstairs and put them into their bed. I was finished training. I was uh, I was in agony. Once I finished training, I had a lot of lot of problems with my with my left hand. Uh, and I remember after the training league season coming towards the end of that training league season. Uh, uh, I had that can I come out? I was as I say, it was a lot of pain. I remember Derek Adams coming and asking asking me to come back in and play and of course he's, I said yes. So, uh, I've been going but I remember playing in the games and just I'll free the agony. Um he managed to get us to get through them. I think Tom Allen was probably one. I remember a big game against him just to keep us in the division. Uh played in that game. Uh, and then I go to see a specialist and it basically tells me that uh, I had to, uh, you know, I had to get surgery, and I'd obviously spent a lot of time that I had just had it, and you know, I had a lot of damage, uh, you know, flying and by the sides of my head, but I think the joint was was pretty much crumbling, uh, which is a which is a deadly blow for somebody that like I said earlier, I was I was as bad as could be. Uh, uh, a lot of people were criticised me for for quality at times, but the one thing I could do was was come up out for ninety minutes. And, uh, I was a, it was a bit of a blow. Uh, the club managed to get me in to see, to see a specialist. Went through the, the operation, and to be honest, if I'm being truthful, I, I, I pretty much knew then that probably too much damage was done. Uh, but as I say, really grateful to Lindsay Ben Kai at Flora uh, at the time. Big David Kirkwood asked me to come in and, uh, to, to see if I was interested, maybe getting involved in a wee bit of coaching. Um, and try and get back playing. I tried desperately to to, to recover uh, and, and rehab so that I could even go and just play on a part-time basis. Uh, but I knew pretty quickly after my training session, I was I was suffering for three or four days after it. If I'd playing again, same again, suffering for three or four days after it. Um, and it was probably trying to be down a wee bit. Um, I probably come to the realisation that I really couldn't be playing and then obviously really had the opportunity at that point having left Ross County to get my management and I was basically full-time environment then 
train the nights with Laura and travelling on a Saturday across the league, which I enjoyed. And by the way, an ego on record against him, what a brilliant bunch of boys. And I think that he's had a lot of good success at that level as well. Yeah. Uh, but that, that was a great session for him as well. They'd assembled some real good boys, some good players, guys that I felt probably could have and should have played at a higher level, if truth be told. Um, there was some, some real good quality players in, in that dress room and, and fair play to Ben, you know, he, he, he put his money where his mouth was and, um, and, and achieved that success, winning a couple of league titles, a few cups along the way and obviously the likes of Steve McKay and uh, these guys have taken that on uh, to, 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 to try to see if they can follow that with Laura and get them into the, into the football league. So I really do admire their ambition. I admire what they've, they've been able to do. It, it, it was a good couple of years there. Um, but again, uh, you know, it was that point where the likes of Jim McIntyre and Billy Dodds were, were encouraging me to get involved with, with the first team on a Saturday. They felt they had a role for me within the first team environment on a Saturday. And, uh, you know, I, I, I just purely felt that it was right for me to focus on on Ross County as opposed to trying to dip in and out between Dora and Ross County which was pretty hard with a young family at the time uh, but as I, I say very very grateful for them giving me an opportunity uh, because I was probably at a crossroads uh, when, I, when, I, when I came out of Ross County Derek had left and then Jim had come in uh, and, and straight off the bat I think we were limited with staff Derek mainly worked himself you know he didn't have the staff that you see today uh, and, and, and as I say, Stephen Ferguson went in to take on the temporary charge of the, the, the first team, um, and there was a role there for, for taking the development squad under Quinty's group. And, and unfortunately, Roy had spoken to me, Jim had spoken to me, and asked if I, if I wanted to take that on. As I say, I grasped it with both hands, and, and again, delighted to have done so. Yeah, successful time. And there's it's no easy feat as well, winning that development league as well, because when you when you drill down and you look at the sides, of course, involved, Celtic, Rangers, Hearts, Hebs, Aberdeen, all have you know good budgets for that level as well. Talk to us about the achievement of winning that development league, because that must you know that must rank up there with one of your you know your proudest achievements so far in your coaching career. Yeah, I think uh, just just looking back at it. Having arguments, having 
sand off with senior players that knew that they were on their way out, but I felt maybe bringing the session down, not quite doing what was asked there. A 30 year old coach, which again, maybe some of these guys were of a similar age to me, but again, it was a brilliant experience, brilliant learning curve for me, it took so much from it. Having to kind of draw a line in the sand and give these guys their own game that either they do it right or somebody else uh, are removed from it. Um, if they want to keep themselves taking over, then they have to do it right. They have to be a good example of the young players that ultimately I was trying to, I was trying to take on. First, first year, year or so, first year or two, uh, uh, we, we were the working boys, you know, and it, it's times hard to say it. We, we were always, I think, generally ourselves in Inverness were in that sort of bottom two, bottom three in the development league. But it always kind of worked away towards a plan of trying to see if we could maybe bring in one or two from out with, one or two that had been released from other clubs, uh, get them a season, see if they could try and help some of your local guys along. You know, maybe a bit more streetwise, uh, could bring a bit of extra quality to the group uh, and a bit of determination to go and actually try and win games of football because we all speak about development, but in actual fact, I believe at that level, under 20s, the, the biggest part of development is learning how to win games of football, learning how to be successful. Um, and it's not easy, you rightly mentioned, I think at that time, uh, the Celtic team that we played against, I believe their academy budget was certain. About a million pounds. Uh, uh, I, I think that that was the case uh, when I look at myself and Stephen working in tandem. Um, we were sort of tasked with being self sufficient as an academy, so we really didn't have a budget as such. You know, there was a lot of uh, income generation, which Stephen done incredibly well within the academy, which is trying to help. Earlier on, I don't apologise for saying again, it's right up there with the with the greatest achievements that I've had in my career. Uh, to take that group of players, or to certainly help them, I, I don't want to take the credit. They done it, they went on to the patch, they achieved it. Uh, but to take that group of players, I was special, I was uh, secretary, I was coach, I was absolutely every role. I had no, no, no staff working around about me. You see the academy now, you see the full time staff that are there. Um, I done it. I pretty much done it by my own, uh, on my own. Sorry, with old Brody McKenzie, eighty year old from Brody, who needs to get a mention. That was he's a special character at Ross County, and unfortunately, he's, he's not in amongst it just now, obviously because of the the, the COVID uh, situation. Um, but Brody used to travel down with me. Uh, help out with the cat Willie Davidson, the bus driver, the the, the, the long serving bus driver for Ross County. And it was, it was more or less the three years that they, they, they took on the task from time to time. Scott Thompson, the goalie coach, if he could make it on a Tuesday, um, would, would try his best. Um, but it was just a, 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 an amazing learning curve for me to, to take on virtually every single role um, with a group of players. But to, to take them to go and win that league title, where there's much, much, much talk about Hamilton's group of players and what they've achieved with their academy, Rangers, as you rightly say, Celtic with the budget they had, the quality of players that they had. Um, but for us to go and win it was, was, was just remarkable. It was amazing. We actually had two opportunities to win it. And we didn't. They came back to draw against the United. Uh, I think they might have lost out to Hamilton. Uh, and it went down to the wire. It went down to a game against the a game with Celtic and Hamilton. And I think we had to either have a Celtic win or a draw for us to win the league. Um, and I actually went down to the game with my dad and my uh, my dad and my brother. 
and I left uh, I think it was Paul Quinn had taken a group of the guys into one of the local pubs uh, to, to watch the result come in I think they were watching one of the live feeds or something like that <laughs> uh, and then he looked after the boys for the night and as I say I, I went to the game with my, my, my dad and my brother uh, and I think that they were more nervous than I was to be honest with you the two of them were rather hesitating should we say for 90 minutes but fortunately the game I think panned out as a, as a nil-nil draw um, and, it, and it won us the league title and, um, again quite a quite a funny story I don't know if you remember the Overfields Crosses episode where Dale and God they become millionaires well uh, <laughs> when they're sitting in the, the female van they get the female van and they start celebrating the van well that was like myself my dad my brother in the car park at uh, Hamilton after the game there wasn't a word said uh, in the final whistle we tried to have a bit of decorum hopefully we've got a class but we jumped in my car after it well, I can say I've been to a few under-20s games before and the atmosphere's, you know, sterile. You don't often see, you know, too many people getting carried away at, at results, but I can just, you know, picture you and your your dad and your your brother getting quite excited at uh, at E. Douglas Park over a, a goalless draw. You must have, you know, stuck it like a sore thumb. Everyone else is probably looking on thinking, what the hell is happening up there? But, of course, good reason to, uh, to celebrate. The opportunity comes along fairly soon with Owen Coyle, Relieved of his duties as first team manager, yourself and Stevie Ferguson are appointed as caretaker co-bosses to begin with, and eventually you do get the job. But um, what's that conversation like with with Roy McGregor? Any hesitation about taking on that opportunity, or was it a case of not? Let's bring it on. I think, uh, I, again, it's important for me to say the, the, the amount of respect that I have for, um, firstly, Jim McIntyre and, and Billy Dodds. Uh, Jim and Billy were great for me, firstly, they, they gave me an opportunity to get in and work with the under-20s. I was certainly uh, with the video during games, my up, and for anything that I've seen, uh, anything that I wanted to feedback, and, you know, whether they took it or not, you know, they, they obviously had their, their, their opinion and they, they had good football brains as well but um, they, 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 did, they really included me they tried to incorporate me into that, that first team environment uh, which which I'm massively thankful for um, and then when Owen came in uh, he'd, he'd done exactly the same and, and, and probably even more so he, he, he wanted me in the dugout beside himself and Sandy uh, was really good to me again still somebody that, that I hear from still somebody that will drop me the old text message here and there um, I know it didn't work out, I know it wasn't a great spell, um, I acknowledge that, but um, these guys were, were great for me, they, I think they tried to kind of buy into my, my history with the football club, my knowledge of the football club and the, 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 the running of the football club and the, and the people that were round about, and, and, and fair play to them for doing that, as I say, I'll always be thankful for that, um, at the time when, uh, when, when Owen lost the, lost the job, um, Roy, Roy had sorry, going back to, to, to just before that, before Owen came in, we actually, that it's no secret, we had a conversation with Roy. Roy had said that uh, his long term plan was that he wanted myself and Stephen. I don't know, we, we never quite went into the detail whether it be co managers, whether it be Stephen as manager, whether it be me as manager, we never quite went into that detail, but 
before uh, Owen had come in, Roy had acknowledged that he wanted myself and Stephen uh, to, to, to continue to try and learn their trade and eventually become managers of the football club. Um, and fairly again, he knew that, that that was the plan going forward. Uh, he, I think he took it upon himself to, to try and incorporate us and, and, and make sure that there was a kind of pathway towards that. I think I don't know what he signed at the time. I think it maybe something like an eighteen-month deal or something like that, two-year deal, whatever it was. Um, so we weren't thinking that that was going to come anytime soon. Um, and, and ultimately, we had jobs at the football clubs. Myself still is the under twenties manager and senior academy director, and going through the whole project. We have done an unbelievable job of to, to get the football club to, to where it was to achieve our goals and that. Uh, and, uh, as I say, obviously the GFA is the results and, and, and Roy had asked us to take the team for the game to the Premier League. Unfortunately, I obviously had a connection with a lot of the players because I'd worked with them on a daily basis. Um, we came up short, we got a bit of a reaction as, as we know, you know, I think the, the highlight here was a, was a 4-0 victory, I think it was against Partick Thistle at home, mm-hmm. and I like Carl Kasich, and we thought we had a real good player, probably trying to keep us the league, or at least giving us a chance at that playoff spot, um, but we came up short, we came up short in the end, um, but like I say, it wasn't, it wasn't expected that it was going to come at that point, um, I was certainly young in my coaching career, um, whether you're ready for it, you don't quite know, do you? When an opportunity presents itself, I believe you've got to go and try and pitch yourself in and one to two feet. Um, the one thing I need to say is that where I felt good about it was that I was working with Stephen. Um, I mentioned earlier on, way back, that Billy Stark's been a huge influence in my career and I've never been shy in saying it. There's, there's been two massive influences in my career. One Stephen Ferguson and one Billy Stark, and the fact that I knew I was going to need Stephen, uh, I felt we had a chance, and I felt that I was that I was going to be somebody that that was always there with me every step of the way. They would they would buy me the help I would do likewise with him, and I still feel like that to this day. Uh, the two of us have got an unbelievable connection, we've got an unbelievable relationship, uh, and and as I say, we've been we've been and seen a lot of things over the uh, the last couple of years, and, and with a few stories to tell and a lot of success. Success is the key word there Success follows the the season after Uh, Not an easy league to get out of as well The the championship In the last 20 years Off the top of my head I can think of Cali Thistle That season we we, we touched on earlier The 0-9-10 season And Hearts have done it as well In recent times as well Gone down and come straight back up Ross County do it that season You get back up at the first time of asking there's some big teams in there as well. Of course, Dundee United, Cowie Thistle are in there, Partick Thistle, uh, Dunfermline. Um, but you do it the first time of asking. You win the Challenge Cup as well. How do you reflect on your first full season in charge of the club? Again, I think it was, I think it was just a good spell. Um, one of the ones as well. Forget that Partick Thistle were actually relegated that same season. And, uh, of course, yeah. yeah. So, they finished the position above us, uh, and I think that that probably indicates how difficult it is. You know, Party Thistle probably went in as, as well fans for the division as us at the United, but our spending power were, were probably favourites over, over ourselves. I know that we, we looked and tried to get a lot of players that we couldn't get, we couldn't compete with, with the finances that likes at the United. Uh, but again, we had a, 
course yeah I remember that game well I was at that game that night in fact I was doing the the commentary for the the visually impaired and uh, I had seats right behind the away dugout and that goal from Jamie Lindsay when that went in you you saw the reactions from the away dugout because I was right in front of it and then obviously yourself Stevie Ferguson and the coaching side and subs all kind of running onto the pitch and and I suppose that's why you you love football that kind of Contrasting emotions, if you like, between you know the the the, the home and away dugout in that instance, you know that that last minute equaliser going in, and you know just the two different reactions, just you know typify why you know we all we all love football. 
in the last couple of weeks, Stuart, as you alluded to earlier, you of course um, were relieved of your duties just before Christmas as first team manager. Uh, first of all, what I, I want to say, um, what cojones you must have on you coming out so soon after that decision to, to speak to the press straight after the game and the announcement. You know, there's not too many I can think of that have done that or would do that as well. Uh, how have you been over the last couple of weeks and how do you look back on the, the, the kind of current season up until that, that point just before Christmas? I, I, I really appreciate you saying so. First and foremost, you know, I appreciate you saying so. I've, I've had a lot of people that have, that, that have contacted me and, 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 and said as much. And I generally, like I said to everybody, it wasn't for effect. I, 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 never, I never dealt with it like that um, for effect. Um, I think we've just spent the last hour and a half or so speaking about my, my career and obviously my association, my affiliation with, with Ross County, hopefully what, what people will see, what I've put in there, you know, I've sacrificed a heck of a lot, I've put absolutely every ounce of energy and effort into trying to be a success there in, in, in several different roles, um, and I just felt it was the, the right thing to do, you know, I was, I was delivered the, the, the news uh, from, from the chairman, um, which he found difficult. Um, again, I always say they don't know the relationship that we've got. Um, it's been well documented in the past, um, and, and I knew it was a difficult thing for him to do. Um, it was, it was, it was a, a sore one, a difficult one for me to take. Of course, it was. I'm not going to hide away from that fact, but I just kind of felt that I'd fronted everything up um, as a player, as a coach, as a manager. Um, I've always kind of tried to be as open and honest as I possibly can, whether it's speaking to yourself, doing a podcast, speaking to the press, speaking to the players, speaking to the staff. I've always, I always try and get my heart to sleeve, maybe in my detriment, I don't know, uh, but I always try to do it in the, the most authentic way that I can possibly think of. And just at that moment, I felt it was right just to do it. I didn't want anybody else to speak about my heart, I didn't want anybody else to as I could um, that were there at that time um, I followed that up with contacting all the players to be fair every single one of them a man had come back to me it's one of the funny situations and I'd had the conversation with, with Roy uh, it's a funny situation because generally when you, when you lose your job you feel as if you've lost the dressroom um, I didn't think that was the case I the majority of the players will probably testify to that. The majority of staff will probably testify to that. Um, we encountered that. Listen, to be successful in this game, especially in management, I think you're going to have to ride your luck at times, um, whether it be refereeing decisions, taking opportunities, being ruthless in both boxes, uh, injuries, all those kind of things. And probably felt that with the risk of making it that upside Across how much it means to me, and that's the bit that makes it 
most ethical. Obviously, if you've just walked into a football club for a year or two, you don't have much of history there, then you can probably just pick up your belongings and move on into your next chapter. But it's, you know, I live in the area. Uh, I'm, I'm a couple of miles away from the grounds. My, my son plays in the academy, so there's obviously there's a clear connection with the, with, with the club. The first couple of weeks, all of this is a new year, we, we probably all know that there's a bit of an off the first time ever. Uh, I've had some sort of time with my family. Uh, and they play, you know, go to your bed, you won't let the kids do what they want, you spend plenty of time with them, play games with them. Uh, you're pretty much at their beck and call any time, and I've not really had that. Uh, Stuart, we hope to see you back in the game very soon. I know it won't be too long, and anyone that's listened over the past hour and a half will testify that as well. Uh, Stuart, thank you for your time. I know that we've eaten up a wee bit more uh, than perhaps planned of your time. Uh, I want to wish you all the best uh, in the future, in the coming months ahead, and, and wish you all the luck as well with uh, with the homeschooling. I'll need them, Stuart. Trust me. 